0: Welcome to Breaking Form, a podcast of poetry and culture. I'm Aaron Smith. And I am James Allen Hall. For
1: those uh, listening for the first time, uh, we do this show in segments. We do
0: literary games. We revisit books that we love. We gossip. We do, we interview. We shade. We laugh. And we are not for everyone. I love a countdown. I am so excited that I even forced us to ranking them. Like it wasn't like our 10 things <laughs> that, at the end of the year that have gotten us through this year. It's like, no, they must be ranked and judged and counted down.
1: That's right. I, why do you think we love a countdown? Is it because of just
0: like, I don't know, Oscars, best of list? I think so. Um, I also like when I was younger... I would make up my own countdowns and I would totally like look at music charts. It was always gospel charts. Cause I grew up with Christian music and I would like write down their numbers. Then I would tally them and see who was number one for the year. It was, it's like a deep, deep history of loving a countdown. Yeah. Um, you know, poetry, we're always semi-finalists. If we don't do a countdown, never, no one ever knows who we are. You <laughs> better count the runners up.
1: <laughs> or else I would not be counted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, that's
0: so that's for everybody. Yes, yeah, so for everybody, we're going to count down the ten things that got us through the year. James and I each have our own list, and so James, on our countdown, what's something that got you through this year? Number well, ten.
1: My my number ten is Linda Gregg's new and selected uh, poems called "All of It Seeing." Uh, I love Gregg's absolutism couched inside the conditional. The mm-hmm. opening of possibility and the wisdom that's found there. So like for, uh, just a few lines, if it must be winter, let it be absolutely winter. Um, Which is great. That's, that's so good, right? Yeah. Part of me wanting everything to live is the name of that poem. Uh, a sentence is an idea, an idea with urgency. But when I say whether the sentence may be thinking even so. Mm, uh, nice. and that's the problem of sentences and last one uh, from a poem called winter light. If I had made a world, would you have lived there?
0: Mm. So heartbreaking. That's really sad. <laughs> like, it's, Yeah, it yeah. is. It's like, Oh God. And my answer would have been no. <laughs> but like when I realized, when I was like, <laughs>
1: absolutely not. <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I hate it, but I've been like, no, I have, I,
0: I have to break you, but no, I won't live there. You no, know?
1: It's, what's funny is like, I, when I like, was looking through all of the poems I really loved and I was writing down the lines, they were all like conditional statements if, mm-hmm. uh, but when I say weather, n- not like whether like snow falling, but yeah. whether or not. Right. Yeah. And then there's this absolutism in the, in mm-hmm. the line after she makes the conditional space. And I was like, what the hell is that? I mean, each mm-hmm. example was like that. So I really feel like there was some autobiography happening for me there. Yeah.
0: A powerful move. And, That'd be something to have your students do, like a gesture yeah. like that. Oh, um, that's uh, yeah. I, it's the end of the semester, thank God. But yes, oh
1: God, I know. One day, yeah. What's your number ten?
0: So I am probably going to lower like the classy level of this countdown. But these are the things that literally got me through. And yeah. Hunt Hunter Fashion Magazine, <laughs> swear to God. And it's not hunting; it's Hunter. Um, summer of love issue number 36, 2020. It is, <laughs> Very
1: specific. it
0: is, I would, cause it's not the whole magazine. It's this one issue. It's fashion, it's culture. It's, it's just so now so beautiful. And I showed it to my friend, Brandon. I'm like, is there a reason that I'm obsessed with it? And he looked through, he's like, not a page, and the magazine is a mess. Everything is gorgeous and smart and now and edgy. And I just look at it and it makes me so happy. So Hunter Fashion magazine, nothing to do with hunting or wildlife. It's very much indoors. Um, and Summer of Love issue. And that's yeah, number 36, 2020. Uh, now you'll go back glass. and you'll have something really high end. i be like, okay, no, I like, I like pimple popping videos. It's not on the list. Don't worry. No,
1: oh thank God. No, this one's kind of a cheat. Okay. Um, this is number nine. Okay, Gene Smart got me through 2021.
0: That's With a great With Star one.
1: Turns, I know, right? With yep. Star Turns in two terrific shows, this is why it's kind of a cheat because I'm getting two for one.
0: I have some two for ones also. Oh, I, I might have a do. four for one.
1: Oh, <laughs> 4G. Wow. A gangbang got you through <laughs> 2021.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, the Gene Smart's parts in Hacks and Mayor of Easttown, where she plays the mother and brings mm-hmm. like levity. And yeah. almost like comic gravitas yeah. to that show. Yeah. yeah, I just,
0: I lived for
1: Gene Smart
0: agreed i didn't put any tv on my list and i will say tv got me through so much but yeah. i had other things i wanted to sort of showcase but yes yes to all the tv i so much i can't remember so
1: i think you probably liked hacks even more than i oh, did and i really I
0: liked it adored it i thought it was absolutely brilliant and i won't say anything because i don't want to spoil it i won't tell you favorite part yet we'll save that for a few months yeah. and we'll revisit yeah,
1: yeah. no when gene smart dies oh <gasps>
0: <laughs> just kidding she doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. or does she or does she yeah so my number nine is a writer that i discovered named Brontez pernell and he has a, a few books 100 boyfriends johnny would you love me if my dick were bigger and the cruising diaries <laughs> swear to god expanded edition by Brontez pernell and janelle hessig um he has a 2018 whiting award for fiction he was Ambulous. named one, yeah, one of the 32 black male writers of our time by T, the New York Times style magazine, is the frontman for the band, The Younger Lovers, a co-founder of the experimental dance group, the Brontez Purnell Dance Company, and the creator of the renowned cult zine Fag School. And he's, I believe, based in San Francisco. And he's so like the books are filthy. And I mean that in the most loving, amazing, admirable like- sense. Yeah. The highest compliment you can give. Well, well I, it's like, I've, I, I, it, it had moments where I'm like, oh my God, can you do that? And you know, you and I both have gone a lot of places in our work. Like it's sort of just stunning to me. So I I recommend
1: kudos. All right. My number eight is a book uh called pure flame by mm. Michelle orange. It's a book of essays. Okay. And I love a good essay collection. Same. Uh, this one has it all. It's it, chronicles the death of the author's mother, Mm. but it also weaves in cultural critique and feminist icons like Simone de Beauvoir and Susan Mm Sontag. So um, towards the end of the book, the mom and the daughter, Michelle Orange, are texting. And after like this famous Manhattan costume gala, I think we can get what that is, Mm -hmm. the mother texts this. Madonna. Ugh. She gets... (laughs) She gets spookier as each year passes. Just can't imagine what her vagina looks like.
0: <laughs> That's amazing.
1: <laughs> you would love this book.
0: Um, yeah, I can't right, believe and- you haven't told me about it before Them a little like, oh my God, it sounds like meat. Uh, here's
1: another quote from the book. A popular early 21st century slogan branded on t shirts, onesies, mugs, and other surfaces where popular slogans go the future is female. Despite its neat declarative thrust, the phrase contains all the old questions of identity and essentialism, what it means to be female and what it should mean, and perhaps most critically, the question of transmission what gets carried into such a future and what must be left behind? What stories does a female future tell about
0: the past? Mm, that's lovely. What's it's the a, title of the book again?
1: It's called Pure Flame. Um, and I think it's her second book um, it, published by FSG this year. Okay. Oh, and the book is beautiful. Like it's this hardcover um, with this embossed flame mm-hmm,
0: uh, mm-hmm. on it. It's
1: beautiful, beautiful. It's so fun to touch that book. So Aaron, what's your number eight?
0: My book is one, this will bring um, my culture level back up a little bit. It's a book called Keats' Odes, A Lover's Discourse by Anna Heed Narcesian. And oh, wow. it is, it's this amazing reading of Keats' six odes. And it's like a critique of them, and a reading of them, but also sort of through a personal narrative and a personal lens. And this is, she says, when I say this book is a love story, I mean it is about things that cannot be gotten over, like this world and some of the people in it. And I just think that's so lovely. And wow. Like her essay on Ode to a Nightingale and particularly Ode to a Grecian Urn are stunning. So oh. uh, she does all the odes, all six of them. And Miguel Murphy told me about it, one of our guests, and I got Mm -hmm. it and I, I was like, this is unbelievable. So if you've ever been interested in Keats or afraid of Keats, she totally like reads it, breaks it down. And she's really smart talking about like even meter and form as well and how that's contributing to the meaning. And she's just God, what an intellect. It's just so it's such a great book.
1: I'm totally going to buy that book. Yeah,
0: you'll love it. And it's beautiful. It's like this gorgeous pink like, cover. It's mm. all pink. Like There's nothing else on it. Gorgeous. Mm.
1: All right. My number seven is another memoir okay. uh, that chronicles the relationship between a mother and her daughter. It's Memorial Drive by Natasha Trethewey. Oh, yeah. I've described this book to you maybe earlier on the podcast. Yeah. As like One the- of the
0: episodes. I don't know what order we've aired, but yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like reading a knife. It's just so, I mean, I mean, the clean, precise um, sentence making, uh, the glint of image, and also just like how deep it, it, it penetrates your heart. Like it mm-hmm. really cuts you open, mm-hmm. this book, um, because Natasha's mother is murdered by her stepfather. Um, so it's about that. But it's also an investigation into the ways that racism shapes um the persona's life, too. This is um, after the murder, um, Natasha is watching uh, television and sees this the the news um, and she's on the
0: news. Uh, wow.
1: later, at hotel. How, may I
0: ask how old was she when this happened? She get, was like...
1: a, a freshman in college. Okay.
0: Okay. I did not know if yeah. she was like and a child looking
1: back or yeah. No, yeah. She was a freshman in college. She had um the murder happened and they came and got her. Wow. Um at the at the university and then brought her um back to Atlanta. Later at a hotel downtown where we spend the night, the local evening news comes on and I see my likeness on the TV screen. The clip is on a loop as the newscaster speaks, showing over and over the same scene, a young woman walking up to the door of an apartment and stepping in, shutting it behind her. This is where it begins, our estrangement. For several minutes, I watch her, the girl I have left behind, stepping again and again
0: into the last place. I saw my mother alive. Wow. Oh my god, that's like amazing. <laughs> like I'm a little weepy today and I'm like I can't like, like will have to cut and come back. So I'm like, "Oh my god. I could barely yeah. make it through reading that out loud yeah. to you." Wow. Yeah, yeah you told it's me it said it's like your favorite memoir. It's
1: one of my favorite memoirs and part of it is that like there's this um she discovers a recording of her mother on the
0: phone with her stepfather. Um, um, I think the night before he murdered Wow. Her. Sometimes I'm like, how do we even make art when it means going into all these wounds? And what's your number seven? So this is, it's interesting that you would follow a mother's death that you're talking about, even though hers was under just, you know, extraordinarily awful circumstances. I guess all deaths are, but you know what I
1: mean? I do. Yeah.
0: So after mom died, I wasn't really able to listen to music. So I had to go podcast. So, but there was one album that I knew when I wanted to grieve and be close to that space that I could put it on. And sometimes I would listen to it. Like when I was leaving the the cemetery, like I would go visit mom's grave and it's Sufjan Stevens um, album, Carrie and Lowell and about the death of his mother. And, it's just an amazing, like the whole thing. And, and there's also a live concert, I believe you can get, I I've seen some of it on YouTube, but I really like, honestly, I like the recorded version the most. It seems so much more intimate and quiet. And the song death with dignity is just, just rips me to shreds, but it's nice to be, to have uh, something, uh, a artifact, you know, to, to use, I don't know if that's the right word, but an artifact that I can, you know commune with and know that someone else is feeling that sort of same thing so i love it uh i own it on vinyl though i've not opened it (laughs) it's like i just can i have enough sort of um like ability to turn it on when i need it and then i have to to Mm. turn it off i haven't listened to it all the way through in a while but i'll pick songs but i listen to death with dignity a lot wow i have not heard that album and i will download it tonight I, I, I truly love it. And he has an MFA, I believe in fiction from the new school. So he, yeah, he's not, you know, far out of the realm of like, you know, creative writing, obviously he's an amazing songwriter. It's like, if I, if I ever published a sec, my, my new manuscript, he would be my dream blurb. Like, that's all I would need is one thing on the back from him. And that's all I would need. Wow. Yeah. And to stop. see him with the shirt off because he's really cute. Stop. You need to stop. <laughs> I think I have online you can see him with the shirt off. He's adorable. And he's like 45 or something. He's older, so
1: someone who I do not really necessarily want to see with his shirt off. I mm-hmm. wouldn't it doesn't matter either way for me. Is he You peek. Oh, I I'm, I would see him with my I think Jason he's adorable. Yeah. I think he's, he's adorable. My, Ted Lasso is my number six.
0: That's amazing.
1: Um, And I I have a few quotes for those people who don't know the show, which I think is just like so heartwarming and optimistic. Um, He says, if God would have wanted games to end in a tie, she wouldn't have invented numbers. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you care about someone and you got a little love in your heart, there ain't nothing you can't get through together. So Ted Lasso.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, And I promise you there's something worse out there than being sad. And that's being alone and being sad. Ain't Mm. no one in this room alone.
0: Mm. I was thinking the other day, the worst, the worst, way to feel alone is not being single. It's like being with somebody in a room and feeling alone. Yeah. (laughs) I remember one morning I, this guy, I was, I guess I'm still kind of seeing him and we're in the same geography. Like we woke up and his thing is like, Oh, I'd love to lay in bed all morning and like cuddle and stuff. And, and I know that works for people, but I'm always like, okay, (laughs) let me pack my shame up and go home. But I, I was lying there and, it's like, I just had that moment. Like it was, and I wanted to write about it, but I guess I'll just give it away here. But I, cause I can't find the language. It's like, we were laying there and like, you know, holding each other. And then all of a sudden it's like, I had this crushing, like my mom's dead and, and, and I'm alone uh-huh. in the world and I don't know who he is and I need to get out of here. And it's like, uh-huh. yeah. So that's my, yeah, I told you I was like more mellow today. Maybe, uh-huh. maybe, maybe during the part two we'll be, perky <laughs> we'll tell you know, some dick jokes that people will come back
1: to the show and <laughs> now i'm just like remembering a roy roy kent line that's another character in the show he says mm-hmm. uh, don't you dare don't you dare settle for fine mm-hmm. and i love that too and also by the way when i wake up i want to jump out of bed and um and eat something
0: i want mm-hmm. breakfast <laughs> well and, and i don't want to. And I joke about shame. Like, yeah, this guy didn't drink coffee, which was a big problem, but, but it wasn't like, it wasn't even more, it was like this fake, like, I'm trying to be close to this person. I'm trying to make it about closeness. And I'm not like, you know, in all, like if somebody were peeking down, if God was peeking down, happy that I'm having gay sex and looking, he'd be like, they're close, but you know, there is no God and we weren't close. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> A little hey, nihilism for the end of hey, the year for we you. keep it real on breaking form you think you're going to have the same kind of show you get with you know whatever we're doing we're do us it's right so
1: um it's so funny to say something so dark so precise and so true to how you feel it's mm-hmm. like so freeing and liberating that like it actually like you're just like laughing Mm -hmm. because of the
0: truth of it, not because it's funny to you. No, I mean, it feels fabulous to just, I mean, I feel like it's weird. Like I do often the way I write poems, just pretend like people aren't going to listen. Like I'm really just having your, one of my dearest friends, I love you. And the gift of this podcast has been getting to be in such constant contact with you, fangirling over the stuff that we love and laughing that I just, you know, and I'm sure as we we've sent things out and, and we're recording this now who's to say what's already happened and who's been mad at us. But I just, I want to have this authentic conversation or not do it.
1: Well, I have to tell you, I almost put on the list as my number one, this podcast because I feel exactly the same way. This has gotten me through 2021. Being able to talk to one of my closest friends and Kiki and say Mm -hmm. funny things and goodness
0: knows none of this is scripted Mm -mm. (laughs) and try and try to make Well, I mean, it's vulnerable to also talk about the things we love, knowing we might sound stupid, knowing that someone's like they got it wrong. I mean, but it's like it's like I just want to have that connection with you and hopefully other people enjoy it. But, yeah, Yeah. I mean, I want to go to those spaces and say I want to make fuck jokes and I want to laugh and I want to be the way that we are, but also talk about hard stuff too. So yeah,
1: exactly. But I did not put it on because I was like, oh, if I do that and Aaron doesn't, then he's going to feel bad. We'll be, it's, it's okay, implied. It's implied. Present company always. Coolest, always included. Coolest <laughs> cats on earth. Yeah, yeah. All right. So that was not my number six. How about your number six?
0: So I was able you know, I, I was able during the pandemic, I had, I've had my job, you know, thankfully, and I was able to take some money that I had because of staying home all the time and not doing anything and buy some art. So they're, they're like, I was looking around, I was going to just mention one, but I thought I'm going to mention all four of these guys. They're um, gay men and their mm-hmm. art just is totally blows me away. And the first one is Matt Pipes. He's a San Francisco based print printmaker and painter. Um, his work focuses mostly on LGBT experience from the gay male perspective. So I have two of his pieces. Another writer, Blake Gildafish Blake just blows me away. He has the sexiest images and he's invented these characters, Piraruku and Gunther, and they're these really sexy men. And he he has this really great masculinity, African-American masculinity masculinity. And I even had him, I commissioned one where he put these two sexy men surrounded by stuffed animals. So he has popular culture, he has amazing pop sensibility, everything he does. and like, that is so smart. I love him. And he also collects dolls and one of his friends like tricks them out and makes them better and fashionable. And he has a whole Instagram page dedicated to his Barbie dolls. And I love it. A British artist named Joshua Benmore. I have two of his pieces. One of my favorites is he painted the Gucci clothing ad, like these four guys in it. And they're just, it's just so well done and beautiful. Maybe I can link to a picture of, of the image. And then I lost the one, somebody bought it before me of the, of eight girls, all dressed in Gucci. And I missed it, but I love this one. I bought another one of his called heartbreaker. And then the the last guy I want to mention is John Chester Kane. And he says, you know, on his website, um, images emerge from the artist's culturally hybrid world patterns from Mexican oil cloth coexist sublimely with Disney characters and visual poems that recall Jean-Michel Basquiat and Manuel Ocampo, homoerotic beauty and queer humor share space with loss and despair, agony with ecstasy, agony, sorry, uh, without ecstasy. And I have one of his called Candylandia, and it's just so sexy. These really sexy men, and it's like they're in Candyland, and it's just really kind of surreal. So I just have them hanging all over my condo. And when I'm home, they make me so happy. And I just wanted to give the name out to the, of those guys and, you know, we'll link to them and, you know, maybe don't buy their work. Cause I'm afraid you'll take a piece that I want. <laughs> so maybe, maybe we won't link to them. Yeah, Selfish. Maybe Selfish. we'll beep the names out so no one can grab the pieces that I well, want. I was just looking
1: them up while you were saying them and what incredible art. Yeah. You haven't. In- you have a really impeccable taste. You Thank like you. I, vivid, I really uh sexy, sure, like not, a, not afraid of eroticism, but eroticism isn't
0: the point generally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? it's and there's it's, humor, right? Mm-hmm. Too in the in work that you like. Like I have one piece that i bought a while ago and it's the guy was painting over um he's Ukrainian and he was painting over Stalin paintings and Stalin's like a leather guy with a pink mohawk with a Hello Kitties floating around him and a sailor tattoo on his chest like i love this sort of like i don't know i guess i should find a way to articulate my you you articulated it better than me that what what i love in art and
1: <laughs> Thomas Finland meets Hello Kitty <laughs> Hey everyone thanks for listening to the first part of our top 10 things that got us through 2021 we hope you enjoyed and that you'll listen to part two and hey, you're laughing at me god it's starting to thinking okay, why can't i do this man oh god all right